Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post-20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 227 of the show. My name is Evan. I am not joined by my co-host, Matt, this evening. Uh, we are riding solo, just me. Um, to be fair, probably could have gotten another guest, just uh, was, was kind of it was a, a long day, and uh, I, I didn't didn't reach out to anybody. So you're just gonna get me. Um, Matt has a coaching session that he needs to attend to. I believe it is a match. So as we know, football comes first. Um, and yeah, we're gonna go over uh, match day twenty. I have the records. I have the um, worst and best player from Matt. Uh, so we have everything that we need and we will, uh, jump right into the games after I tell you, uh, that we do have some changes in the works, uh, at post 20, uh, we're thinking about, you know, we're workshopping some names, workshopping some new, uh, logos, workshopping the way that we kind of run the socials, uh, in an attempt to maybe grow the audience, uh, as Matt and I have said many times over and over, we do this because we like to do it, uh, not for money or anything like that, obviously. I mean, our, our viewership is extremely, uh, I don't want to say limited. It's not, you know, it's small. We're a small show. Uh, we don't promote ourselves probably as much as we could. Uh, and we're, we're thinking about maybe changing that. So uh, content is not going to change uh, whatsoever. Uh, you're only going to get more. You're not ever going to get less. Um, but yeah, that is in the works. Uh, we've, we've got a, a working title and we have a working logo. So we'll see, uh, when that stuff comes to be, I, I don't want to push any of that stuff, um, before Matt and I sit down and 100% agree on it. Uh, but yeah, figured I'd let you guys know, uh, what is in the works. I think it's a much better brand because, what we're doing now on post 20, although, you know, it's been established, we've had it for three years at this point. Uh, the podcast name, the brand is not, it's not, you know, indicative of what content we actually bring to you. Uh, so we want to reflect in the name of the show, something that's football focused because that's, that's what we do. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Should be good. Uh, I'm excited for it. No doubt about it. Uh, the records from last week, I believe I had the worst record, uh, game week 20, Matt was six and four, Zach five and five, even 500. Uh, and I was at four and six. So that puts the overall records on the year. Zach at 103 and 95, Matt at 110 and 88, and Evan at 102 and 96. Uh, like I said, Matt sent me his player of the week and worst of the week, so we'll get to those at the end. Um, also, shout out friend of the show, uh, Kyle uh, Mighty Spur. He let us know that the audio was a little bit janky last week, um, so the levels should be a little bit bumped up. Um, you'd rather it be too loud so people can turn it down instead of too quiet so people have to turn it all the way up. A little bit of an oversight um, from me last week. So hopefully this one is a little bit better. Um, okay, let's jump into the games. First one of the week was on Saturday, December 30th. We had Luton Town 
versus Chelsea. This one ended 3-2 in favor of Chelsea, of course. Uh, as we expected, Cole Palmer opened the scoring in the 12th minute, uh, added <clears throat> another one later on, but Noni Matueke was the second goal scorer, 37th minute, having a pretty decent run of form now. He's got two in his last two. Uh, been given an opportunity by Pochettino, and he's making the most out of it. So that's really nice to see, and it's looking like he might stay in the team, have a decent run of form because Nico Jackson will be heading off to AFCON. Um, we're going to see Raheem Sterling get slotted back in there, and then maybe Matoweke, uh, you know, he'll play on one side of, of Cole Palmer, who is the central attacking mid, uh, as long as Poch keeps this formation. So him and Cole had great games. Um, games started to fall apart after Cole Palmer scored the third, uh, a fantastic goal. We should say he had a, another really nice game here. He scored in the 70th, and then things broke down at the back for Chelsea. Uh, Thiago Silva was absolutely just... He was so good at the end when Luton really could have equalized. They scored a goal in the 80th. They scored another goal in the 87th. Um, Ross Barkley was effervescent, I thought, throughout the game. And Elijah Adebayo, same thing. He probably could have had two goals in this one, just had to settle for the one. Tiago Silva really stepped up at the end and made sure that they got all three points. He's been a player that has just been, some weeks he is, it's so evident his age, and then other weeks you're just like, thank God he has the experience that comes with his age. It's just one of those things. He's certainly not as good as he used to be, but in moments like that where you need to grind out a result, players of his quality and experience uh, can be so important, and that was absolutely the case in this one. So well done uh, to Chelsea for securing the result. We didn't see anything of Mudrick or even Sterling. They were left on the bench. Uh, we saw Enzo come on. Same thing with Nkunku and Alfie Gilchrist. Uh, we'll have to see uh, how uh, how much time Nkunku really is going to be getting uh, because Poch is easing him back in uh, pretty slowly, but I'm still hopeful uh, not, I mean, obviously I don't like Chelsea, but, uh, for, for the sake of seeing another good forward in the league, I'm, I'm hopeful that Nkunku, uh, will still pan out. Uh, but, but really props, props to Luton Town, props to Rod, Ed, uh, Rob Edwards, uh, for getting his guys up. They've really been fighting, uh, a lot of these games. They've drawn Liverpool this season. Uh, they took Arsenal to the death and, Honestly, I'd say they took Chelsea to the death here too. It was it was very touch and go there at the end. Chelsea with a complete implosion, uh, pretty much everywhere on the pitch. Thiago Silva with uh, with a, a save, if you will. Okay, the next game uh, we had an absolute cookout: Crystal Palace three, Brentford one. Despite Brentford going up early through Keane Lewis Potter in the second minute, Crystal Palace roared back with two goals from Michael Alisse, a goal from Eberichi Eze uh, as well. 13 shots, uh, six of those on target for Crystal Palace, just nine and four for Brentford. Uh, possession pretty much even, but that back three um, just could not cope with Alisse uh, on this day. He has been uh, unbelievable, I think, for, for Palace this season. They're not a team that scores a ton of goals. This is one of their more higher-scoring uh, game weeks in the past couple. I thought, you know, Eze had a decent game. He 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 did get subbed off, but 
you know, last week he was he was horrible. Uh, this was a much, much better game. Found ways to insert himself into the game. Another solid match um, from Chris Richards. And this Palace team, you truly don't know what team is going to show up. Uh, but you can always depend on uh, Michael Alissi. Since he's come back, he has just been unbelievable. Uh, we have to say the forwards... Uh, for for Brentford have just been shocking. Uh and Buemo was okay when he was here, but um Wisa Visa Vis, however you want to say his name, I've heard it ten different ways. Uh he's been shocking. He has been so poor uh for Brentford without Embuemo up there. He just doesn't have, I don't think, what it takes really uh to be a striker that is depended on in this way. Uh, and it's looking like, you know, Tony's probably going to get a move somewhere, whether that be to Arsenal, whether that be to Chelsea. Uh, we don't know the answer to that one, but somebody's going to be willing to pay a lot of money for him. If he does, in fact, stay at Brentford, I think we're going to see a serious upturn in form. But at the minute, uh, the forward situation is just not great. And there's not stars in this midfield. You know, it's Vitaly Janel, Norgard, and Jensen. Those, those are not, <laughs> they're not world-class midfielders. So uh, there's a lot of work, I think, that needs to be done at Brentford. They've been, uh, I don't want to say rancid this year, but they do have five losses in their last five. Um, they're on 19 points. They're just three points clear uh, of Everton, who are also in a terrible uh, state right now with three losses in their last three. If we don't see Tony get injected into this team or see Embuemo anytime soon, I just can't see uh, Brentford doing any sort of damage for the rest of the year. So we'll see. They also drew 1-1 today in the FA Cup uh, against Wolves, who got a red card in like the first 15 minutes. So not a great look defensively, pretty porous and offensively, just not uh, where they need to be. So a step back, no doubt about it. Good for palace though. Uh, they got their first win uh, in five games, uh, sitting in 14th on 21 points, three points uh, behind Fulham who sit in 13th. The next game we have is Manchester City 2, Sheffield United 0. Uh, a goal from Rodri in the 14th and a goal from Julian Alvarez in the 61st uh, being the difference here. No KDB, no Erling Holland. Both of those players are training uh, at this point. So it seems like, actually, I'm not sure Holland is training, but I know KDB is training. He was on the bench for this one. Those guys should be back very soon, and we'll have to see uh, how they get eased back into the team or if they're actually ready uh, to just be thrown in. I know KDB is is apparently uh, quite healthy, so I'm reserving my opinions on that, especially you know considering it's not like he's ancient. He's 32, um, but we know in this, this day and age, and especially with the amount of pressing that Pep requires out of his players, um, it's a lot on your body and I'm, I'm not completely sold that KDB is going to come right back and be a smash hit, uh, like he always is. While those two players have been out city have managed to scrape together these results. Rodri has continued to be quite impressive. I think that, um, Foden has been really good. He's not a player that I adore. Like most people do. Uh, he gets a lot of love. I think he's, he's sound. He's a good player, but not the world beater that I think everybody, um, you know, slates him to be. 
Same thing with Alvarez. Been good uh, in the pinch, but the 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 difference in quality between him and Erling Holland is just unbelievable. Uh, on the Sheffield side, this was horrendous, uh, as we've come to expect. Sheffield now bottom of the table. They've been bottom of the table on nine points. They've got three losses in their last five, two losses in their last two. Uh, and a just absolutely shocking goal differential of negative 34. So can't score goals, can't defend, uh, not a recipe for success. Uh, this is one of those classic City 2-0. Um, everybody sits behind the ball on Sheffield, doesn't threaten whatsoever, have 20% of the ball. You're never going to win a game that way, uh, and we all expected this, way, uh, this one to go City's way. So no surprises. Uh, this one was interesting. Aston Villa 3, Burnley 2. Burnley actually showed up for once. Leon Bailey scored the opener in the 28th. Zeki Amdouni, uh, who we've talked about a couple of times on this show, uh, solid player. Matt likes him quite a bit. Scored in the 31st. Musa Diaby, who I finally benched this week, and then he scored. Uh, fuck. Uh, scored in the 42nd. Lyle Foster then added one in the 71st, but that was not before Sander Burge uh, actually received a red card in the 56th. So 10 men, and they still managed to level it. Um, a lot of passion there from, from Vincent Company's men. We have to give them credit. Uh, but unfortunately, in the 89th minute, in an unfortunate turn of events, a penalty was awarded to Aston Villa. Douglas Luiz buries it, and they take all three points. Man, this one was very tough. Uh, I was not pleased to see. Uh, they just they couldn't get it done. Um, Burnley, I really thought maybe, just maybe, uh, they would stay stay in the game get the point Villa would be on 40 points you know right with Arsenal we wouldn't be so I wouldn't feel so far away now um, even though it's it's just two points this was very tough uh, and it's got to be crippling for Burnley after how well they played especially in the you know after suffering that red card uh, they still managed to stay in uh, and then just a momentary lapse and and you don't get a fucking thing that is very tough. They played pretty well going forward. Uh, Burnley, five shots on target to Villa's seven. I think that's more shots on target than City were able to register against Villa when they last played. So have to give them credit. Uh, and we have to say that Villa have looked a little bit shakier. You know, earlier on in the season, there was a point where they just looked absolutely unstoppable. Um, I don't want to say it's been a return to earth because they're still in great form. I mean... They've only got a, a draw and a loss in their last five. The other three are wins. They're, they're obviously a very good team with a very good manager and great personnel. Um, but we know, you know, they are, you can undo them. Uh, just extremely unlucky for Burnley here. That is tough. I, I would have loved to see them get uh, a result. And that's a massive result considering where they are in the table. Uh, Burnley, by the way, is five points off of safety. So they need to get something going here. Hopefully over this break uh, in fixtures, they will get uh, somebody needs to come in. Shami needs to, to come in and talk to the players or something like that. I mean, this 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 type of, of game, uh, you have to close it out. And there seems to be some sort of blockage for the mentality uh, I know they don't have unbelievable quality on the pitch, but 
they've they've got better than than 11 points worth in my opinion i think um they, they've got to be better than luton town there is no reason for luton to have 15 points and burnley to have 11 that is just shocking stuff uh okay let's move on wolves three everton nil max kilman in the 25th Mateus cunha in the 53rd and craig dawson in the 61st craig dawson uh i believe only missed one game uh with that he got sliced up in the game against chelsea maybe uh and i have to go back and check that one but wolves were dominant here uh controlled the pace of the game i thought didn't allow everton uh to do anything in their box every single shot that everton took was wide or over uh 10 shots zero of those falling on target Everton moved the ball around really well. The first two phases of play, I thought, were were rather excellent for them. But the final third, the finishing, uh, was extremely poor. And they were erupting earlier on this season. They were getting goals from Onana, from McNeil, from Jack Harrison and Garner, DCL as well. Uh, all of them interchanging and providing assists, providing goals. That seemed to drop off a little bit. Uh, and we're seeing a little bit more of what we would expect from a Sean Dyche side. Uh, with the five at the back, a lot of men behind the ball. Not appealing to the eye football. It was quite effective, but now the effectiveness has started to drop off a little bit. On the Wolves side, we have to give them credit. Um, they will be without Wang Hee Chan now at this point, but Tommy Doyle has come in. Uh, he's playing in the midfield. Uh, we haven't seen him all that much this year, uh, but he did uh, do a job here on the weekend, and he also scored today in the FA Cup. So well done. Two goals from defenders uh, and a goal from Mateus Cunha. Good stuff here. Wolves are getting so much more out of their team uh, than I would have expected. I believe they've got three wins in their last five, uh, one being a loss and one being a draw as well. That's a great, uh, great run of form. They're in 11th level with Chelsea uh, on points. And just three points out of the top eight where Manchester United are currently the gatekeepers. Up next, we have a Manchester United game. Uh, Nottingham Forest 2, Manchester United 1. I expected United to be much more up to the task. And to be fair, they were better at points. They still lack the creativity that you would expect uh, from a team with Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes. It's the bottom line. Uh, it It's not good. Uh, Garnacho, a bit of a ghost in this one. Uh, Rashford got onto the score sheet, but it was too late. Uh, Forrest scored first through Nicolas Dominguez in the 64th. Rashford e equalized in the 78th, and then Morgan Gibbs-White scored in the 82nd, and he did Rashford's silly. Uh, that's a tough look for, for young Marcus. Uh, very, very tough look. Not something you want to see. But it is what it is. Uh, this is what you have to expect right now as a United fan. Pain. Pain, pain, pain. That's all it is. Uh, and it's going to take time for things to, to heal for um, Sir James Ratcliffe or whatever the fuck they think their savior's name is. Uh, to institute Ineos and, and his plan. All that shit's going to take time. I don't think Ten Hag's going to be your manager this time next year. A lot of folks still you know, rate him, think he's going to be a, a great Premier League manager. 
I don't see it. I think uh, his time at Manchester United has been stained with um, controversy, issues with players, uh, and I just don't think the fans are going to be able to get behind him as much as he probably needs to turn this whole project around, which is unfortunate if you're a United fan. Uh, not so unfortunate for fans of the other top six who don't really like them as they've had plenty of glory in their time. Um, but a lot of credit again to uh, Mr. Nuno Espirito Santos uh, at Nottingham Forest. They've been fantastic. I mean, really good. That's two great games in a row. Uh, and this is a huge result. Uh, they are in 15th. They're only on 20 points. So they're really not that far out of the drop. I mean... They're, they're five points off Luton Town, who are in 18th. It's kind of crazy. I, I feel like Nottingham Forest are a much better team than that, especially when I watch them play. Uh, but a lot of errors at the back and just games where their forwards go ghost uh, are kind of the factors that are attribute or that are adding up into a 15th place uh, in you know the new year. That's it, It's not good enough. And they brought in a new manager to kind of remedy that. So terror ball that's kind of what uh nuno plays uh we'll see if it wins out it's looking like at this point that nottingham forest if they continue to hold the line and not let in too many goals uh that they should be able to ride this season out and then maybe uh, make some more concrete signings instead of just throwing a million signings at the wall and seeing what sticks uh we'll have to see i think maybe you know they'll bring in some more quality players and it's possible that they even do that in January. So Nottingham Forest is a project I have my eyes peeled uh, and I'm looking at. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> Up next, we have my weekly pain session. Fulham 2, Arsenal 1. Two losses in a row. Three losses in the last five. Uh, bit of a bobble. Bit of a complete bottle, in my opinion. Uh, same issues as last week. Uh, just an entirely neutralized front line. Uh, but I, I'd really like to give Fulham credit. I thought they were fantastic. Um, I think both of the the, the fullbacks were unbelievable. Uh, Adara Bioyo and Bassey locked up our forward players, just completely clamped them. Um, it's it's very tough to watch. I'll tell you, man. It, it's I'm having a really tough time because I know what the quality of Saka and Martinelli is, and it's just not showing on the pitch. And Mikel is frustrated. The fans are frustrated. I think the players are frustrated, but they're not responding to it in the right way with aggression and desire to change the way that these results are going. Instead, it's just it's lazy, it's uninspiring, it's not the sort of football that Arsenal did so well playing last year. And I think we need to return to that a little bit. The intensity is way down. Um, and Fulham were just better. I mean, they were better tactically, they were better in terms of passion, and better in terms of pace of play. They seemed like they really wanted it. Willian was just it was impossible to deal with him, which is insane. He was such a dog shit player in an Arsenal shirt, and then he showed up and made these guys look like fools. Decord Overreed uh, had one of the goals he scored in the 59th, and then 
Raul Jimenez, I thought, did unbelievably well to convert a cross in the 29th minute. The first goal was scored by Bukayo Saka, but it was not a convincing goal. It was a bit of a rebound. Um, Martinelli put a ball in, got parried by Leno, and just fell at, at Saka's feet. And even that, he struggled to put away. So there are major issues uh, right now. I know we're still in fourth. Uh, we're only five points off the top of the league, but... Um, there's just no way that you can drop points like this. And they say you can really only afford to lose four games uh, and win, you know, uh, a Premier League title. You look at teams like Liverpool, they've lost one game. Sure, they've drawn six. They've drawn two more than Arsenal have, but they've only lost one game. They're getting points out of those games. This is not how you win a league. And Manchester City will continue to stack up their games in hand, uh, as they always do, because they have the worst fixture congestion out of any of the teams because of how good they are. They stay in tournaments. This is what happens. Um, Arsenal, unacceptable. Things need to change. Things need to get better. We probably need a forward. Uh, I'm very interested to see where the money gets spent. Uh, there's word out there that Mikel wants to bring in Curtis Jones. I don't know what fucking problem that solves, but I guess, dude, I guess go spend the money on Curtis Jones. I don't know. A little bit uh, disappointed, a little bit shocked uh, at how poor they've been the past couple of weeks, but have to, have to put my head down and kind of just... Um, trust in in the board and trust in Mikel that he'll turn things around uh but I will say things could get very ugly very quickly uh if if this poor run of form continues obviously not hoping for that uh we'll move to the other side of north london Tottenham 3 Bournemouth 1 uh Pop Matarsar in the ninth uh Huang Min Sun in the 70th Richarlison in the 80th and Alex Scott in the 84th for Bournemouth but I thought Tottenham looked the much more organized team in this one um this was a game that everybody was kind of looking forward to because of how good Bournemouth have been uh but this is a step off the gas they could not cope uh with the way that Tottenham were playing Tottenham now in fifth uh, on 39 points and this was just very I thought it was just a controlled match. It wasn't as helter-skelter as it probably has been in the past with how high of a line they play. Um, these This team is getting their center back, Vandeven, the center back. I think, honestly, he might even be better than Romero. I, I really, really like Mickey Vandeven. He'll be back. Vicario will have another line of defense. Uh, this Tottenham team, like they're going to be scary all the way until the end. Um, they're missing Sun now, which is a huge loss. But if Richarlison can step up the way he kind of has been stepping up, and obviously he can't really provide the assists and and um, forward runs that that Sun does, his football IQ is not as high as Wingman Sun's. It's it is what it is. Um, if Richarlison can step up, Spurs are going to continue to be very threatening. And if they show up on their day and they play exactly how Ange wants them to play and they're ready to do it they're they're extremely threatening so well done well played um Bournemouth just not really as threatening as they have been uh Solanke a player that everybody's on and on and on about right now completely ghosted um they got their goal I believe off the bench Alex Scott came off the bench was able to score but 
rather unthreatening throughout, I thought. They had 24 shots, but only four of them fell on target. It's not like they played a shit game, but uh, with how high Tottenham play and how it can be helter-skelter at times, I think you got to do better. I think you got to put some of those chances away. They weren't able to do that. And I'm not going to give you credit if you can't put the ball in the back of the net against a team that is notoriously maybe not even error prone this year, but there are some players in there, Emerson and Ben Davies. Like those guys are playing center back. You got to be able to put a couple away, especially with how well Bournemouth have been playing. And now finally, uh, they have their first loss in their last six games, I believe. Uh, so impressive uh, how good they were but there's the drop off that people were kind of waiting for next one Liverpool 4 Newcastle 2 what a fucking insane game this was um, I bet on under four and a half uh, six goals in the second half alone so uh, shows you my betting luck uh, Mo Salah goal in the 49th Alexander Isak struck right back in the 54th uh, Curtis Jones added one in the 74th Gakpo scored again in the 78th and then Sven Botman got one back in the 81st this one was end to end the whole way uh, another just shocking pitch here I mean it was it was disgusting so sloppy it's, it's a miracle people didn't get severely injured um, Sala with a brace, but also a missed pen. He registered an assist. He looked okay. Um, Nunez shocking again. Luis Diaz shocking again, I thought. Uh, Jota looked great. Gakpo really good when he came on. Uh, Newcastle on that end. The defensive woes continue. You know, it's just really poor. Uh, we didn't even see Kieran Trippier on the team sheet. Some people said it's a knock. I saw some other rumors that maybe he's got some stuff going on in his personal life. That's not great. Uh, if you asked me, I would say, you know, look at how he's been the past month. Been pretty fucking shit, to be fair, defensively and even going forward, not really providing the same uh, effect that he has been for essentially the entire year. I'd probably lean towards something going on in his personal life. Hopefully things get sorted out for him and we see him back at his best. But uh, yeah, not not even in the team sheet. Uh, Liverpool just unbearable to deal with. 15 shots on target. Dubrovka stood on his head. He had an unbelievable game. He was so good in this one and he still allowed four goals. Uh, you know, I'm not kidding. He was... It was shockingly good. Uh, if you have, if you didn't watch the game, I would go and watch the uh, the quick highlight. I just <laughs> he stopped so many shots. Uh, this was a great performance from him, but they just weren't able to cope with the amount of players and shots that that uh, Liverpool put forward. Trent had a decent game going forward as well, but uh, just again this. Players get caught out so much in this Liverpool side. Joe Gomez was playing left back again, and same thing with Trent. They are porous. They're still porous, and I don't want that to get lost. I mean, Van Dijk has stepped all the way back up to being an unbelievable center back, but if a team is on is is at their best day and they're really, really firing, and Liverpool aren't firing as much, then... I totally think this team is beatable. Uh, the pundits are back up saying it's Liverpool's titles to title to lose. You know, they they're the best team again. Now they're the best team in the Prem. 
I don't know, man. I, I, I see plenty of holes. I don't think Van Dyke uh, can cover, you know, two center backs worth of, of pitch. Konate not been great. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, Liverpool are very good this year. I don't want to take that away from them, but I'm just not sure uh, if keeping Trent back there when it really comes down to it and he's facing a winger who's going to try and cook him if he's going to be the player to do that to stop him. So we'll see. That's kind of where I stand on Liverpool at the minute, but uh, they were they were unbelievable. They were very, very good, uh, and you have to give them credit for it. West Ham nil, Brighton nil. Evan bet on a halftime draw and a nil-nil correct score, and that's exactly what we got. West Ham with no kudos is one of the most putrid teams I've ever seen. Uh, I made my my uh, stance on the kind of ball West Ham play very, 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 very clear uh, last week, and here I was proven right. It's absolutely horrendous football. Brighton, a lot of passing, 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 then can't score. The ball was held up in the midfield, getting clanked off of midfielders and, and defensive mids for what felt like 70 minutes. And Brighton, at the end, finally had chances to score, and they could not do it. It was the same thing where West Ham got lucky, or they had a bunch of guys at the box that really should never be in the box, and they were able to get a point out of it. You have to give them credit, but it it is just like, it, it's rancid stuff, man. It's truly terrible. Um, similar stats for Brighton as the Arsenal game. Uh, they had 22 shots. They had eight shots on target and 70% possession. They had double the amount of passes, double plus more that West Ham played. Uh, their pass accuracy was better. They were more lively. And this is what happens. Nil-nil draw. Ugly game. Uh, just don't even bother going back and watching the highlights for that one. We're not going to waste any time on it either because uh, it was absolutely horrendous. Uh, okay. Now for the best and worst players of the week. Uh, we will go in here quickly uh, and use the soundboard. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Uh, okay, so for Matt's best player of the week. I'm the best man. I did it. Uh, we had Michael Elise, uh, which doesn't surprise me whatsoever. He is actually my best player of the week as well. He's been so consistent since coming back in. Uh, I'm not going to play the soundbite again, but man, he has been uh, so good. And I, I think he deserves a double give. Uh, from me and from Matt. Uh, Matt's worst player of the week. Was Edward and Ketia, who failed to make any impact whatsoever uh, in that match. <laughs> Again, another one I agree on. Um, I actually uh, did not give it to him. Uh, I am going, I think... It's a tough one. I'm I'm gonna go with an Arsenal player as well. Um, I thought that Gabriel was absolutely horrific. I didn't play the sound, but I missed it. But I thought he was terrible, um, shocking. He makes Saliba when he when he's not on. When Gabriel's not on, 
he makes Saliba have to cover so much space, and it's not fa- it's not fair. Saliba's a great player, and he he can cover that space. He's he's very similar to Van Dyke, but it's he just Gabriel has to be better. I thought a couple of times he he kind of lost his mark and wasn't really where I wanted him to be to defend the cross. Um, just seemed like an off day. I, I think he was he was very poor. Uh, ben White wasn't great either. Kivior, I thought, was good, especially in the pinch. I mean, he's not a left back. He's a native center back. I, I thought he was actually sound. Um, you could probably give it to this entire team, considering how bad you know they all played uh, outside of Rice. But yeah, I was I was very unimpressed uh, with the way that Gabriel Magalhaes played uh, in this one. So I'm going to give it to him. Both Arsenal players uh, getting worst players of the week. Uh, we are not going to give you picks uh because uh the games don't resume until the 13th which is next saturday we've got plenty of fa cup uh games in action so hopefully you guys uh are going to tune into that uh, most of your teams i would imagine are, are still in uh tottenham got a win today i believe uh i think it was one nil pedro poro scored uh, a fucking banger i turned it off after that that was unbelievable goal um but yeah you're not going to get any picks from us this week um hopefully you guys enjoyed uh sorry i was solo tonight hopefully it was uh able to be stomached um make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod you can find us on twitter and instagram you can also find all past episodes of the show on soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts i'm off for a pint and for some food um hopefully you guys enjoy your weekends and we will be back next week uh with a preview show uh and i think we got a couple of other things planned as well so enjoy your weekend we'll talk to you soon